Hello, everyone. I'm JJ, and you're listening to the Keyword Crypto Podcast. We are crypto fans and crypto skeptics, and we are entirely donation-supported. To find out how you can help, check out the description to this episode. Visit our website, www.keyword-crypto.com. Email us, keywordcrypto at gmail, or hit us up on Twitter, at keywordcrypto. Drop us a line, let us know how we're doing, and who you want us to have on the show next. On today's episode, we interview one of the founders of a new crypto business, and I just wanted to say we were not paid for this interview. This is not a promotion or any kind of endorsement. In fact, I personally was a little uncertain of this business until we started talking to him, and I got to learn a lot, and I hope you will too. So without further ado, enjoy the show. Sweet. Yay. Love that part. All right. That's kind of fun. Good start. (laughs) And just like that, Bitcoin dropped three hundred (laughs) dollars. Woo! Sorry, we don't. We normally don't talk about price on this show, but I I have it in the background right now. So, um, welcome everybody. We have another special guest. Good to be here. Somebody from Lolly, the Chrome extension app. Alex, would you like to introduce yourself to the masses? Yes. Uh, my name is Alex. I am one of the founders of Lolly. And we created a simple way for people to earn Bitcoin for free uh, when they do something that they already do, which is shop online. Cool. Which is great because, you know, we, JJ and I were talking when we first, uh, when I first pitched the interview to him. And we were like, oh, it's just, you know, it's like any other cash back app. And then I, th- I was giving it more thought and I realized this is literally one of the only places where now, and correct me if I'm wrong, cause it has been a while since I signed up for it. Did, did I, did I have, I didn't, I didn't have to do KYC to. No, no, to, no KYC on the onboarding. Um, the very minimal KYC on the offboarding. Like if you were to transfer your Bitcoin to another address or to Fiat, um, we just need your name and email. Oh, okay. So it's that's that's pretty good because I was just using the Cash App, and I was sending some stuff to a different address. And this is the first time where they said we need more information about you, and they already have my email. They already have a lot of my. They have like my social security number. They have a lot of this stuff because they kind of treat it like a bank. And they asked me where I work, what I did for a living. What am I doing with the Bitcoin? Am I am I an investor and am I a trader? And I felt really uncomfortable giving the Cash App all this information. Hold on one second. As a listener of this show, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Like, I, I mean, like, really? <laughs> tell me, tell me what this app is and what it does and why I want to use it. Yeah. So the, the biggest reason you want to use it is because we make it really easy for everyone to earn and own Bitcoin. Um, so I, I kind of look at it as like the app that uh, I didn't have to share with my sister, my friends from back home, my my mom, my dad. Uh, I, I think it's just like, and I, I also am like a fiend with it now. Um, I'm, I'm personally addicted, but I'm biased. Um, but basically, like anytime that you're buying things online, uh, there's you should be getting rewards. And the world is very used to getting rewards on their credit card for points for their um, airline miles. And so it takes this, I think, def- difficult concept and something that seems risky, and it makes it really easy for someone to earn Bitcoin um, that either has it and wants more, or somebody that's new to Bitcoin 
that's never had it before. And it removes the need for them to, you know, take the seven days um, to be approved for their bank account to be approved, to go through all the KYC and to get um, like on board and, and, and into Bitcoin. Uh, we make it, as you, as you saw, like it takes like 15 to 30 seconds to like get on board and start earning Bitcoin with Lolly. So it's like Ebates, but instead of being rewarded in cash, you are rewarded in Bitcoin. Exactly. And um, I used to, I actually uh, used to work at Ebates. So the cool. fun story is that they actually bought my team and I's last company. And so we've gotten the whole band back together oh, cool. and start starting basically Ebates for Bitcoin. So I guess oh, nice. my, my question, my first question is, is how, how does it work? How does a business like this make money? What's the business model? That's a great question. Cause I think, I think our biggest criticism is like, it just seems too good to be true. And, and so we <laughs> want to sort of dispel that because it, it, it I love that. I think it, it is, it does feel good. It feels kind of like magic, but there is a real business model behind it. And we do make money. Um, you know, we have to, <laughs> to well, yeah, and, keep the lights and on. The business and, model and, for any of these companies. I think a lot of people don't know how they work, and I don't actually. I just I think that I know, but I'm not. I'm not sure. So I'd like. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So we actually we go to merchants and we um, we say when our users shop on your site, um, you pay us. So Walmart, for instance, like if you were to go to Walmart and you were to go buy toilet paper and bananas. Um, or whatever's on your list of things to buy, um, Walmart pays us because you are a shopper and, and you could have gone anywhere on the web, but you chose to go to Walmart because of Lolly and because you wanted Bitcoin. Yeah, so, so they end up paying us uh, because this is a Lolly user. Uh, a Lolly user goes and buys something just as they normally would. They, you know, they have the Chrome extension in their browser. They go to walmart.com. They activate Lolly, and then they just shop as they normally would. Um, and then... Walmart pays us, and then we send Bitcoin to your Lolly wallet. And then you can, after $15 in, in Bitcoin, you can move that uh, Bitcoin anywhere you want. You're, you can send it to your own address. You can send it to your fiat US dollar bank account. Um, and you're, it's, your Bitcoin is your Bitcoin. 15. I thought I, thought I read 50. No, that's too much. Did I read that? <laughs> um, okay, 15. The 15 okay, is nice. for like fraud purposes. I mean, you can imagine all the schemes people could potentially run. Um, but we try to, uh, reduce that because it ruins it for everybody. So, so then, gotcha. yeah. uh, these, so Walmart will pay you to do some extra marketing for their products that they're selling. Is that the kind of thing that's going on here? Like, yeah, it's sort of like, it's like a loyalty model mixed with an incentive model. So, you know, a lo- one thing that people are very familiar with and especially the retailers, which is, you know, our, our first uh, side of the market uh, that we've we've really gotten, I think, more re- uh, merchant adoption than just about any company, as far as like Fortune thousand merchants go, uh, and real like activity and real partnerships, um, and and to get them on board, we had to uh, really educate the merchants on why uh, they should get involved in this Bitcoin space. And for them, what they're optimizing for is more sales. And so we brought them this proposition. We said, look, there's all of these people who want Bitcoin more than cash. They want to stack sats. They want to earn Bitcoin, and we're going to bring you this this uh, very um, this just amazing consumer that that wants to earn Bitcoin, and and so they they saw it as a way for them to actually make more money and to attract a new customer that could have previously have gone to one of their competitors, Amazon, Overstock, anyone. So that's how we got the merchants on board. Is we painted it sort of what they were used to, which is like a point system. 
So they're totally used to Chase Reserve Card coming to them and saying, hey, look, we have an active engaged user on Chase Credit Card. Uh, this person wants to earn rewards when they shop. And, and so we came to them with a very simple value proposition that was very similar. And we said, instead of points, instead of Chase Reserve points, you're, we're going to give Bitcoin. And they said, well, what, you know, what's Bitcoin? And we're like, well, it's very similar to points, but no one controls it. And we don't control the rules and, and every, we can use it absolutely anywhere in the world. And it connects the entire world through commerce. And then, you know, I, I send them books over the, you know, over the last year and I educate them. Um, but really what they want is they're optimizing to bring in new customers. And then our users um, are, you know, our, our, the consumer is optimizing to stack more sats to earn more Bitcoin. So everybody wins. And to clarify, JJ said products. It has nothing to do with the products. It has to do 100% with the, the uh, company, right? 100% of what I buy on Walmart, I get cash back on, not, not specific products. So he's not, so Lolly isn't advertising products. Advertise, Lolly is pushing towards specific brands, yeah. like companies. Yeah, to companies. Right? So we have, yeah. uh, we're nearing a thousand merchants. Uh, we have, I think, just over 950 merchants uh, on the platform. Oh, wow. Uh, and that's, you know, we're, we're 10 months in right now. So we've, uh, we've, we've done pretty well, I think, to re- get real merchant adoption um, on the platform. And uh, yeah, it's, it's merchants that you shop at every day. It's um, Walmart, it's uh, Overstock. Um, we have Priceline, Hotels.com, Booking.com. I think it's awesome that you're bringing this kind of adoption to a model that a lot, most people are very familiar with already, the sort of loyalty thing. I think, I think it's, um, I guess one question I have is like, who are your customers? Are they the people... Are they the people buying stuff or are they the merchants? I guess it's kind of both. It's a very... It's, well, it's a two-sided market. So we, we really have two customers as far as the business goes. Um, we have the, the merchants who uh, we have partnerships with that we're, you know, we, send them, we send them new users, uh, new shoppers. And then we have the shopper uh, that wants to earn Bitcoin. So yeah, it's a, a two-sided market and, and two-sided markets have mm. two customers. So I guess, so if I, so I, I'll, I'll be honest and I say, I've had a problem with one of your merchants with Bonobos. I bought some shorts and nothing ever showed up. The, the product didn't show up? No, the, the Bitcoin never showed up like a month and a half later. So I wasn't at this point, I'm, I'm, I wasn't even sure who to reach out to in this situation. Oh, interesting. Um, well, no, we, I mean, you reach out to us. Yeah, we have we have an incredible customer service um, like, like team that that helps people with, when uh, things don't track. Um, there's pretty okay. common reasons why things don't track, and uh, a lot of that it's like out of our control. So if you have like a heavy duty ad blocker, like an ad blocker pro or something, um, that mm-hmm. it won't track. Uh, some people try to use Brave browser, and that doesn't track. Um, that Shit, like that's me. There yep. you go. So, <laughs> but see, it it always works with Walmart, but for whatever reason. Bonobos, it just not it doesn't seem to. I'm logging in, it it works. But see, this is a good and this is a good thing that I think a lot of, especially people in the crypto universe, need to worry, uh, think about because we're testing out all this stuff like Brave Browser. Nobody outside of crypto that I know is using the Brave Browser. Nobody. Yeah. So <laughs> here's one of those situations where like I can't use Brave Browser for Zencaster, which is what we're recording on right now. I can't use Brave Browser for a few things, and so I think this is a reminder that. To people in the crypto sphere, uh, sphere who are listening to this, a lot of these things are being tested for mass consumption. And so if you're having a problem, maybe be aware that 
some of these things that we're testing aren't going to work well with each other all the time because we're kind of beta testers. Yeah. So, so the way that I like to describe it is, is and, and, you know, Brave's good for a few things. Um, and it, it kind of like, you know, gives you some sort of control over, over your data. Um, I think some of it's like overkill because uh, if you actually look at like cookie, uh, like technology, I guess, um, if, if it, it's probably like lack thereof technology because it's kind of archaic. Um, but basically there's like good cookies and there's bad cookies and there's like data sharing, good data sharing and bad data sharing. There's some data that you want two websites to communicate between each other and cookies serve as a way to, for two websites to communicate with each other. We need to go tell Walmart that user one, two, three, four, five is on their site. And, and then Walmart needs to tell us that, that a user, um, bought something. So we don't care what you bought. We just, we just need to know how much it is. And that's what Walmart tells us, but we can't communicate with Walmart. If, if there's like extreme ad blockers that are blocking our communication with Walmart. So what happens sometimes is like, you know, in the case of Bonobos, um, they identified some sort of like they identified that we were talking to Bonobos and they blocked it. And in some cases, you know, for that can be a good thing. Um, because when like there's malicious activity that two people can have, if they're not like two legitimate companies. Um, but there's also like, in most cases, it's, it's like a good thing when two websites can communicate. So a lot of things break down when you try to strip away all like everything in the name of complete privacy. Um, but yeah, we know that like most products are better when you don't have 100%. Uh, but when you have like, um, you know, partial and, and important, uh, privacy. And I actually think I, I love Firefox personally. I think that they've been an award-winning privacy browser way before, uh, brave was, and, and we're live on, on them on uh, Firefox. We're live on Safari. We're live on Chrome. Nice. So we're giving people a lot of different options to use Lolly in as many places as possible. And we're very, very concerned with privacy. Um, my, my CTO, my co-founder, um, but he's, he's a absolute, uh, I'll be nice, but like a privacy nut and he won't <laughs> build or collect any, build any technology or collect any data that we don't need. And we have this, uh, just rule of thumb. He's actually about to publish a blog post, um, pretty soon. Uh, that's just about like every piece of data that we do collect and how we're constantly challenging ourselves to, uh, collect less data. But our, our whole thesis is like, how can we collect the minimum amount of data in order to still reward people for what they're, they're buying. And that's, that's what, like, that's how we build technology. We build privacy first. Um, I'm a big believer in privacy. And I do think that if you play the long game, like Apple has, you can be rewarded, um, in, in a like capitalistic society, uh, by protecting privacy. And I do think that the world is going to start to care about privacy um, and it's it's extremely important as a private company to to care about your wow, users' that, privacy. That was loaded, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think if you guys are forward thinking now, it'll probably pay off in the long run because I think people. It's, I think, yeah, like you said, our world is going to care about it. People are already caring about it. They just don't understand it yet, a hundred percent, with the internet, and they're just now. It's just now pinging their brain about privacy, and once they become educated. It's going to be yeah. it's going to be like pretty high on their list. So it's I think to so think too. It's, a, it's only going to it's it's going to take a few more major events, which are going to be scary and and probably sad. But that's how people learn. So. They don't yeah. or they don't understand <laughs> risk until they 
actually have risked something and lost something. I, I think being in crypto, we're like, we we know risk. <laughs> we're we're risk risk warriors, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, our our risk is is literally money. Like, if 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 we if we are not concerned about privacy, like you know, we're protecting people's money. That's like arguably one of the most important things that you know you need to, to care about. I was talking to a friend about Bitcoin, and and it was very difficult to convince her to be careful with her keys because she's just so used to not having any privacy when it comes to her money or any control of her money. She's so used to like, if she loses something, she just goes to the bank and they give her all their money back. And so it's, it's a very difficult thing to, to, to retrain somebody how to protect themselves. I'm still fascinated by the business model of this, whether it's Lolly or, or eBay. It seems like a very 21st century thing to be like linking customers and, and um, you know, retailers and in a way, um, you know, crypto is kind of this world where we've gotten rid of a lot of middlemen. We've made everything very peer to beer. And like what you say, Michael, most people are not ready for that. They, they actually still like a little bit of, of that cus, 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 custody or they like a little bit of help or if something goes wrong, they can go to their bank or they can go to the, you know, the help desk or whatever. And then Lolly, it seems like what you guys are doing is in a way you're kind of being like super middlemen, but not, not in a, not in a, not in a bad way. You're actually doing something that is going to improve the commerce, right? I mean, that's the value that you are adding to this world essentially is you're getting people to buy the things that they need and you're helping the businesses sell the stuff that they need to sell, right? But they're also saving the businesses a ton of money and having to go out and find an advertiser and hope that exactly. that advertiser actually right. works. They are they are helping doing some of that marketing. And that's the reason that these companies are like, oh, we want to work with you. And the reason that I actually like telling my friends and family about Lolly is because we all know that Bitcoin's going to go up because the number goes up eventually. So I like the idea of my friends and family accumulating some Bitcoin without me having to tell them go buy Bitcoin, you know? Exactly. It's like, I, I hate giving people financial advice. It just feels like icky to me and it just doesn't feel like quite ethical to tell people what to do with their money. But mm. if you're getting it for free and you've taken out the risk, it lets people pay attention to it. And the, I think it, it trains them to do the most important thing, mm. which is to, to do their own research. Like find, you know, read the white paper, like do, do some research about like what money is in general and once people start to realize what money is and, and they start to ask questions about money and then they, they, they learn about Bitcoin, that's when they start to really value Bitcoin. So I don't know, necessarily know if it's going to be like the $50 a month that you can earn on, on Lolly that is the most exciting thing. Like, yes, it gets transaction volume up across the network. It does a ton of really interesting things. But we want to be around when somebody start, is ready to actually you know, buy more and to start to invest in this, in this new world, in this like, digital uh, currency and this, uh, you know, this secure store of value. And we also, you know, as I said, how you know, we're playing this long game, we want to be ready for people um, for like, when they're ready to start buying more. And we want to give them the ability to uh, manage their own private keys when we, when we eventually launch a uh, non-custodial wallet. Like you, you talked about um, earlier how we are this like middleman and we are this entry point and we are a custody solution. Um, but over time, you know, we want to teach people about, okay, 
well, we're holding your money very similar to a bank. And now that you're starting to value this money, what do you think about managing your own keys? Um, you know, this is how you do it. This is how you transfer it. This is how you coin join. This is what your what privacy means on the network. This is what uh, this is how you transfer it to other people. There's all of these things that once they have uh, Bitcoin and they value that Bitcoin, then they can like start to learn more about it. Um, but they, I, I don't think that just like giving them a Coinbase account or in making people that were never investors uh, or miners buy it. It, it it's tough to totally right. It's tough to train yeah. somebody to just buy it. Whereas if they're earning it, it's it's a different experience. That was always my biggest big complaint about Bitcoin: is why should I take my hard earned money and go out and buy something for a fee to buy something for a fee? Mm-hmm. Like that makes no sense to me as as a consumer. And so I've always liked the idea: like, oh, you mine something, you're you're putting some energy into it. But and that that was my problem with Bitcoin for a while: was <laughs> nobody, average people, can't afford to it's mine like it anymore. Shop mining, right? And so. Yeah. I like the idea of this way. It's like this is a new way of earning some Bitcoin, and uh, and uh, you know we interviewed um, the CEO of the, of the Zengo wallet, which is I think the first wallet not, not to have to hold your keys anymore. Like you don't have to you don't have to hide your keys. You don't have to worry about your keys. Their technology. So that may be something if that's something you're interested in. So, uh, their technology to look into because. I think that is also one of the hardest things of converting people to crypto is saying, oh, by the way, you have to write down this seed phrase, and if you ever lose it, you lose all your money. Right. It's a tough, tough value proposition. Yeah. So, so what, you're, what you're saying, Alex, is like you can, we can teach the world about crypto without them even really knowing about it, which is kind of nice. As a teacher, like I, I actually teach high school students. Exactly. And like the best, <laughs> the best way to teach them is to like secretly teach them. Oh, cool. Them. That's awesome. <laughs> teach them in ways that they don't realize that they're learning. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So I'm curious, uh, <laughs> Alex, can you tell us a little bit about your story in crypto and how you got into it? Because, you know, you said that you used to work at Ebates, but I'm, I'm just curious, curious about yeah, kind of your story story and how you like when did you get into when did you discover bitcoin and when did you get into it sure so it's it's been like a long time coming and i feel like it just sort of um it happened very serendipitously and it it started um i mean i guess it started a while ago but um i i was um i I guess i was 12 years around 12 years old when i first started building um, video games. I think that was like, the, I, I played video games and then I was like, Oh, I like game maker is this like cool. I don't know if you guys remember game maker, but it was cool. basically like a build your own video game, like creator. And, and so I was like building video games for several years and I would just like build them for my friends. And then, um, I realized I could make way more money, uh, by building websites. And so I started doing that. Um, and I was, I'm just, I, I think from 16 to 22, I was building like websites, backend platforms, um, a lot of like stuff in like ad tech, um, and sort of at this intersection of like, um, advertising and the, the creative side of advertising, um, microsites, uh, combined with like technology and, and really solving real problems inside of a business as well. Um, while I was, um, building and, and, um, you know, for other people, I was studying economics, um, at Chapel Hill and I was, uh, really, I, I got really fascinated with this idea of microfinance and its ability to democratize <clears throat> commerce. <clears throat> so microfinance gives, uh, in, in um, my view of microfinance, 
is that it gives everyone in the world uh, access to opportunity uh, to either sell products or services um, local to wherever they are. And, and it, it sort of, it creates a more equal world um, and it, it balances out opportunity. So I got, I got really interested in, in that um, as a, uh, from both a technology perspective, I was studying the Kiva Institute, the Grameen Bank, and all the initiatives that, that they were working on. And, and so I started building a company that I thought uh, embodied the democratization of commerce. And, and uh, our mission was to democratize commerce. And the company was called Cosmic. And we built this e-commerce gateway that let merchants sell their products in different channels, uh, whether that be a video, uh, an ad, a app, a website, uh, wherever people were, they should be able to buy the best products that were rising to the top of media. So hypothetically, the best products that are being talked about the most, people would be able to buy anywhere. So we ended up being one of the early creators of the buy button, if you ever you know, heard about that in you know, mainstream media, and uh, built a really cool technology and ultimately got acquired by one of our biggest customers, uh, which was Pop Sugar, to come and empower a site called ShopStyle, which was doing $1.2 billion in, in retail revenue. Uh, we ended up growing about 10x um, post-acquisition and getting acquired again by Ebates, um, in a second acquisition, and that's where you know we learned about the cashback model. But backing up about five years, um, I was um, I was about two years into building Cosmic, and I was at a bar, and I meet uh, a guy named Ryan Shea, who you might know as the one of the creators of Blockstack and early Bitcoiner, and he um, had just you know at the time learned about Bitcoin and was like telling me everything about it, teaching me about it, and I was just fascinated. With, so what year was that actually? Uh, 2013 or 14, I think. Uh, 2012 or 13 or 14, something something around those. Yeah, around that. Nice. Um, yeah. So yeah, I remember him t- telling me about it. Um, clearly, wish I had bought that night, but uh, it you know I, <laughs> I did a lot of research and and uh, it took me some time before I actually um, bought my my first you know one Bitcoin and uh, I was paying myself like 30k a year with our last company and I didn't I didn't have much to to spend. But, um, I remember just being like, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to buy one Bitcoin and I'm just going to like see what happens. And I believe in the principles of it. Um, and so I, I just became like, um, really fascinated, uh, with this idea that was intrinsic to Bitcoin, which was this democratization of commerce embedded in a currency. It was the first currency and the first asset that I had ever seen that everyone in the world could hypothetically own and, and use and transact with, and they didn't need anything but the internet to do that. And they didn't need a bank. They didn't need any real technology. They just needed, um, they just needed to, to be able to transact with Bitcoin anywhere in the world. And that was just so powerful to me. Um, all the stuff that I had dealt with on the technology side with like payments and banks and uh, the inefficiencies of, of uh, payments and fraud detection systems uh, was just such a hassle. So uh, yeah, I, I think I like, you know, my, my team and I got really interested. We thought we could apply it to Cosmic. It never really made sense. Merchants weren't interested in it as a payment tool, which you know we, I think we've seen over the years. And I'm really glad that we didn't become a Bitcoin company because I don't think it would have been a, um, it, I don't think it would have been very successful or or pervasive as as we wanted it to be. Um, but um, after Ebates, we I, I kept looking at like what are the biggest problems in the space, and and in my opinion, the biggest problem in the space was distribution. The world is not made up of a bunch of investors and miners. Um, it was it people shop. So 
Exactly. How do you take something to the, that is so important for the future and how do you t- give it to the rest of the world? And, and so I took what I knew and I, I, I know hundreds of these merchants uh, on one end that I had been building relationships with and selling to for the last seven years at the time. And then I knew how to build this technology um, with, you know, with the same team that, that built my, our last company. And so got the band back together and, and we just started building so, uh, yeah, the kind of rest is history and we're on a roll. That's an awesome story. <laughs> now, so, and ultimately the, the long-term viability of your company, as long as we can buy it on an exchange, your company has the ability to stay in business, right? Yeah, that's actually a question that I had too. I was kind of like wondering what this is kind of dependent on for you. Well, as long as we have an OTC, as long as there's a market for, for Bitcoin or crypto, I guess in general, um, you know, the, the, all of the government hearings are, uh, are scary, but it, you know, if they're, they're, I think they're sad more than anything. Like I, I look at, at Bitcoin as being, um, this currency of like freedom on the internet. And I kind of look at, you know, my, I, I, I would consider myself like a, a child of the internet. Like I feel connected with the world, um, through this technology that we've created. And I think it's so powerful um, that we can live in this world and we can talk with anyone in the world across borders. And it, that's, that's just so powerful to, to me and to who I am and, and the things that I want for the future. And, you know, I, I think it's sad when, when, um, when governments, you know, get involved and are blocking this natural communication, this natural commerce between two parties. Um, I think a lot of people are scared of what they don't know. And at first, Bitcoin is, I think, very confusing and uh, difficult to understand why you would need it. And at first, I think it looks like uh, you lose control when you when you have Bitcoin. But I don't think freedom means losing control. I think it means creating new opportunities with this new medium. And so governments that, that do not engage with it uh, are going to get left behind. This is the, like, you know, the next industrial revolution uh, that's happening before our eyes. And I feel like I can't do anything but be a part of it. Uh, and I feel like, you know, you guys probably feel the same way. Uh, you know, I, I think it's so important yeah. Yeah, um, totally. on both ends of like, you know, we need people educating, we need podcasts, we need um, publications, we need people building things. And it and we need to educate the world on on this new money that's going to connect us all through commerce. Couldn't have said it better myself. Nice. So, um, yeah, um, that's awesome, actually. <laughs> Thank you. Are you, do you guys ever afraid of maybe copycats or how do you guys deal? Do you guys have some sort of patent on this or something? I don't even know how that would work in this case. Yeah, we do have a provisional patent on Bitcoin rewards. Um, you know, I, 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 oh, okay. ideally not, I, I wouldn't like to enforce it, but, um, I believe yeah. in a free market. Yeah. Um, but in the case that, we need to, we, you know, we clearly can and will. Mm. Um, so I, I guess younger, younger me would have been more scared of competitors, uh, emerging. I have utmost confidence that our team is the best team in the space. Um, and you know, we've seen a few companies come up in the space and, um, I mean, I, I don't want to get cocky or anything, but it's just like, I, I think that few other few companies and few founders, I think see, this as, as something much more than just a rewards, like, like platform. Like I've seen a few companies that have used Bitcoin as a marketing ploy. They've used it as like a way to get customers, 
But the real lasting value of this company is actually is, is far more than just rewards. It's like giving people access to this new financial future and educating people on that. And unless you really believe in Bitcoin and this new future of uh, digital currency, um, I, I fail to believe that you're going to be able to build a brand and a, and a company around education that is needed to uh, usher in this next generation of, um, of, of people that are connected through these, these digital currencies. So our, our long, our, you know, and to kind of expand on that, like our, our long view that I've been very, you know, open with for the last you know, 10 months since we launched, um, it's actually, you know, it's, it's only one part rewards, but eventually we need to bring in, uh, we need to convince merchants uh, like Walmart to accept Bitcoin. So the way to do that is with leverage. Right now, you know, we're generating quite a bit of revenue for Walmart and and our uh, almost thousand merchants. And when we can start to um, have real leverage, where we're generating millions and millions of dollars, and we can go to Walmart and say, "Hey, why why are you paying two percent for uh, credit card fees when we can do this for basically for free uh, to transact um, between two parties?" And if they can reduce credit card fees, uh, you know, one of their biggest set costs, um, and they can do it in a reliable, easy, seamless way, um, consumers can pay more seamlessly and maybe earn, you know, a, a more back. Um, or Walmart can be more transparent in their pricing and reduce prices one, two percent across the board because they're not paying credit card uh, companies to do something that Bitcoin can do basically for free. I'm I'm going to assume it's going to be the former, not the latter, because because prices almost never go down. But I mean, that's not true because Walmart and Amazon are a perfect example of prices going down. I think in a free market, prices drive to zero. Uh, but there there's always has to be like you know hopefully perfect competition. And right now, it looks like uh, part of what I'm really excited about is providing more competition. Like Walmart can, is paying more than Amazon with Bitcoin, and so people. Uh, our users, at least, are pro Walmart users over Amazon, and Walmart is a Bitcoin-friendly company, and and Amazon so far has not proven to be a Bitcoin-friendly company. So hopefully, the future will be decided by who aligns with the correct technology in the future. And um, I mean, I, I personally, I think Walmart's been super forward-thinking, and I really like how they think about Bitcoin and you know the, the people that we work with, at least. Um, and yeah, they're, I, I hope they, you know, is, is, if they continue on this path, I hope they continue to win. I mean, I definitely don't shop at Amazon when I don't have to just because of how they treat their employees in America. But I have been, you know, occasionally I do have to because they just, I can't find that product in my city and I can't find it anywhere else. But if I have the opportunity, I always swing to a different store, especially if they take if they accept, you know, if, if they work with you guys. And I've been catching myself specifically steering myself towards those companies just because of the cashback reward. You know, and even if it's tiny, like, you know, 10 cents in Bitcoin or 20 cents or, you know, a dollar, that stuff stacks up, at, you know, it's stack and stacks. Exactly. Adds up, adds up. Are you guys planning on bringing or working with any other cryptos in the future? Um, I'm open to it. I'm, I'm personally like very long Bitcoin. And I think that, I, I wouldn't, I want to be hesitant, um, to give someone something that I don't believe has served, um, value to society yet. And a lot of currencies, if I were to, you know, every time I read a cool white paper or or I'm intro to a new project, 
it's not an opportunity to just go shill and give that to our our users. And we have to be going back to like our, you know, our diligence with privacy. Like if we were to give our users a currency that ends up being, you know, not launching or not proving value uh, to society, then we failed our users. And ultimately, you know, it comes down to like, they can do whatever they want with their Bitcoin. Like we have plenty of users who are using it and going and buying Ethereum, going and buying um, EOS or whatever they, uh, Zcash, whatever they want to go buy. I totally believe in a free market and I want, people can do whatever they want with their Bitcoin. I'm not stopping anybody. Um, but as far as what we are um, building a brand around and what we are, you know, educating people on, I think it gets too complicated when you introduce somebody, let's just say, you know, I'll just kind of pick on my friends back home. Like if, if I'm going back to Charlotte, North Carolina and I'm like, you know, Hey, Hey guys, like, you know, I, I, uh, you download this app and, and here's this application that like gives you all these different currencies. It creates decision fatigue and it creates confusion around, uh, cryptocurrency. It's like, okay, well now, now I got to do all this research on these 10 different currencies about the best one to get. And I lose focus of why I'm getting into this space in, in the first place. And it's like, you're trying to game the system and turn a bunch of people that should probably not be investors into investors. And it, it's just a game of chance at that point. I'm more interested in Bitcoin yeah. as a, um, like I personally, I mean, I, I think that it's, it's the best technology. It's proven its value to society. It's an incredible store of value. It's a, I, I think an incredible medium of exchange for a lot of people already. And it will be in the future, especially with second layer solutions, uh, like lightning or liquid. And, and so if we can continue down that path and just educate people on Bitcoin in the future, you know, sure, like you can use a drop down and say like, oh, I actually want to earn Ethereum. Um, I think for the time being, um, we will probably most likely be Bitcoin only uh, for quite a while until I see another currency, another store value, another asset, digital asset that interests me enough uh, to be introduced. Um, that all said, I do have a long view on stable coins uh, because I do think that they're going to be one of the best entry points into uh, into Bitcoin, um, and I'm really excited for to see really Bitcoin be validated by stable coins um, and other cryptocurrencies that are uh, looking to um, give people a way to uh, transact anywhere in their native currency. And I do think that will uh, bring a lot of people into the cryptocurrency space and uh, give people digital uh, digital medium of exchanges um, through stable coins to start. And yeah, I am, I am really excited about a lot of stable coin projects. If, if um, would love to hear you guys take on that as well. Well, I mean, I, I asked because um, I, I think you're definitely in a very difficult situation because, yeah, you don't want to have somebody pick something that goes to zero and then they didn't get any cash back by using your service and then they blame you for that because you gave them the option. So I think that's very smart on your end to kind of pick the most, the currently the most stable one, the most consistent one and pretty much the safest one when it comes to store value. But when you said you eventually want to, happy will be able to use it for for payments that's when i started thinking like okay well you know 2017 2018 50 dollars per transaction blah blah you have stuff like nano you have stuff like and I, i'm not shilling anything but like i know somebody told me that tron wallet to wallet is free and xrp 
Stellar, all super low transaction fees. I, I, that's when I th- was thinking that might it might get a little dicey at that point if the fees start to outweigh the money you actually earned. Um, that's actually something to think about. If we do have a, a spike in transaction fees again, which we might not. Yeah, you know, that's why I'm really excited for second layer solutions. Like right now, Bitcoin is great as a as a store of value, um, and and that's how that's like what Lolly is really based on at this point. It's not based on on anything else yeah. other than that. Um, and I think we're far away from you know the the full evolution of Lightning Network and the full evolution of other you know competitive solutions. Um, I, I think that that team is super super smart. And I'm really excited for what they're building um, is for, to to uh, help Bitcoin scale. Um, and I don't know if Bitcoin needs to scale on chain. I think Bitcoin is incredible as it is. Um, second layer solutions, on the other hand, I think are extremely important to give them, um, give, I, I guess make Bitcoin better than it already is for other use cases. Um, yes, there are other currencies that operate more efficiently, but then you give up certain things. You, you, they're centrally controlled, um, they do not, um, there's, I, I guess people can go and control Tron. People can go and control, um, all of these other currencies. They're not truly decentralized. Uh, there's, you know, there's, there's value in mining. There's value in proof of work. And, um, I, I just, I don't, um, I, I don't know if, if solutions like that yet have proven their value to society yet. And I don't want to put you in a situation where you're like, ah, we, you know, we're picking this over that for this. You know, I, I just, I was more because right now, if I was going to give somebody a reward, I would want to give them the number one coin market cap. This has been the, t- this, you know, this is the top. It's pretty much always been the top. It's the safest thing to to, to give away and expect there to be long term value. Um, that was just something that popped into my head because once payments, you know, I feel like when we come when we when we when it comes to payments when it comes to actual peer-to-peer payment platform i feel like that could be a whole discussion for an hour um we could, could debate about lightning versus oh, yeah. you know uh, i was yeah we're actually very critical of lightning yeah. like on this show uh, and but but then it's it's one of those things where it's like no that's great yeah. it's i think it's great to be critical I, I i invite it and like i you know i'm not i'm not building it but um i i do i do believe in it long term that that uh it's important um, and I also, you know, we're, you and I, uh, you know, you, you two, the two of you are in different, uh, you know, optimizing for different things. And I think that it's incredibly important, um, to educate yourselves on it and to, uh, research it and to talk about it. Like, you know, if I was in your position, I would be talking about all the things and like, you know, you're, it's, it's, it's important for people to like hear about all of these different things and learn about all of these different things so they can you know, come to their own, uh, decision. Um, I'm, you know, I'm in a different position where it's like, I, it, like if you were like right now, uh, if you were in my position and you were to, and you were to say, um, Hey, you know, Alex's mom that just is like learning about Bitcoin or something like that. Uh, would you give my mom a dollar in Tron or, or, or would you give her a dollar in Bitcoin? And I, I would argue like most people, if they had to bet their life on it would, would give people Bitcoin, um, right now because it's, 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 it's de-risked and yet it still has upside. Yeah. 
And especially when it's your business name on, on the line, you don't want to jeopardize your business business name until that's a mm-hmm. proven commodity. And so I think, I think you, I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I, I'm saying, I'm saying, I think you made the right decision to do that. I think when it starts to come to payments, then I think you have a whole, you know, can of worms you're going to be digging into. And I don't, I don't, and I don't, uh, totally envy the decisions you're going to have to make when you get to that line. But I'm, I'm happy that <laughs> yeah. you're doing what you're doing and, and, and I'm excited to see where it goes next because I think, you know, just there's, you know, the natural evolution of, you know, like with, with, uh, with Zengo last week, I didn't think I'd ever find a wallet where I didn't have to have control of my keys, but I still had complete control and they didn't have any control over my money. I didn't think I'd ever see that day. So like, I feel like people like you, people like him, people who are actually working in the space and dealing with actual customers on a day-to-day basis, these are the people who are changing the ecosystem for the better. And that's why I wanted to have you on so bad. So I feel like People aren't fully understanding, oh, cash back, cash back, great. No, no, no. This is for dirt poor people who make five cents a day or whatever can go on and buy something that they would normally buy and actually get Bitcoin. That's huge. That's really huge. Like they don't have to go out and buy Bitcoin. It's uh, it's big. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys seeing that. I, I also see, I mean, I think we're getting pretty lucky for like all of the scams in crypto and just the shitty projects and ICOs that are just there to take people's money. And in, in the world of the internet where there's so many scams and there's so many just, you know, businesses that are created just to, I mean, like, you know, for instance, just a, a, like a, I'm thinking of like Ebates and Honey. They're, they are they're the similar business model, but they're basically just exist to scrape a little bit of money off the top or off the side or whatever it is. And that's what they're doing. And I'm hearing from you that you obviously care about the Bitcoin economy. You obviously care about educating people. You believe that it's a train that can't be stopped. You also believe in things like like stimulating competition between businesses and and bringing convenience to customers and all of these things and i feel like in a way i'm super grateful to this sort of crypto space for being able to do that to be for making a a space where people can build businesses where they actually care about what's going on and i think that's really cool so thank you and I mean, I feel like there are so many other places in our world of commerce and our our kind of like cutthroat capitalism where you just don't get that kind of like simple care for, oh, wow, I believe I believe in the way things could be. Let's all kind of let's all kind of point our direction. Yeah, because I mean, there. when I look at honey, I don't think, wow, these guys really want me to get the best deal. <laughs> I think I think it's a company who they're making their thing, <laughs> like they're making their money. And n- nor do you think that like they're gonna oh they're gonna teach me about how to manage my money. Like no way, they're not gonna teach you how to like store your rewards or like how to transact <laughs> them. So I think it's great that and you know you mentioned Zengo last week. It's the same thing. It's like they're not just creating something so that they can just sell it and make a ton of money. I mean, yeah, there's nothing wrong with doing that, but at least in this case, it's like oh well, we're also changing yeah. the world. So we're trying to, so (laughs) it's, uh, yeah, I think it's important. Um, I, I, I want to live in a better world. I, 
I trust that you guys want to live in a better world. I, I feel like life is pretty short uh, and we only have a few opportunities to like make any sort of real impact. And, and yeah, I, I don't see much value in wasting time building things that don't make this world a better place. Well, so many people do as long as it makes them a buck. And that's yeah. one of the things that's just kind of a little bit disappointing. Well, short, short term yeah. thinking. So <laughs> you mentioned that you guys want to potentially not be a bank, but be able to allow people to, um, were you saying you want to eventually have them be able to buy and sell through your through your app? Yeah, so that's one of our future uh, products. So the next product, the ne- next major product, we have a lot of features. We we ship about it every uh, every week or two. We're shipping new features, but um, one of the big things is launching a mobile application that lets people uh, earn on on daily purchases. Um, that's going to be, I, th- I think, a, a really big um, for encouraging people to like earn right away. So if you could go download the app and then go earn Bitcoin back on your Starbucks or Uber ride or gas uh, purchase, that gets really exciting. And that's one of the biggest, um, like, I guess features, uh, that people have demanded or products people have, have really requested. And, and so once we have a Bitcoin wallet on both web and mobile, that's super active. Um, like that's really what we're building. We're building the most active Bitcoin wallet. So once we have an active Bitcoin wallet on both web and mobile, uh, then it'll be up to us to say, look, a lot of our users already, even in the first 10 months, are uh, basically leaving the platform to go buy elsewhere once we've convinced them that Bitcoin is a you know, great currency to own and, a, and something, uh, you know, good store of value. Uh, and once we've taught them about Bitcoin and they've done their research, now they're going to like a Coinbase or a Kraken or a Gemini to go buy that Bitcoin but if we're their first wallet, then why wouldn't they just buy more Bitcoin on Lolly? Especially if they could, you know, easily do it from the from their phone, from um, their their you know website. So I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Um, give, giving people more ways to to get into Bitcoin, um, and then doing things with that Bitcoin. So are they able to like lend it to to uh, other people and earn interest on it? Um, I kind of look at the future of fin- personal finance as being. Uh, an abstraction layer of banking. And in order to understand that, I think you have to understand how a bank actually makes money. So banks are you know, constantly lending their money out um, and, and there's financial systems in place for them to make a lot of money off of us holding money there. And you know, going back to kind of what you were saying earlier about your friend and her you know, comfort in, in knowing that the bank's just going to you know, protect it, it's like it's, there's a lot of people in place to to that are that it's very very expensive to to operate these these banks. But if we can be our own bank and we can have these services that are um, protecting this money and we're making more money because we are the bank, then if you could take your own personal margin of what you're uh, spending to operate your own bank and to protect your keys and your um, you're the one who's like actually lending out and making um, near one hundred percent of what a bank would make if they were lending out their money, that financial future gets way more interesting in my opinion. If, if everyone can like lend money out and be their own bank um, and operate similarly to a, to a bank or, or a pooled group of individuals making, you know, a bank being I mean, micro Bitcoin. lending is huge for poor people around the world. And that could be a great opportunity for micro people, mm-hmm. for poor people around the world to actually start to be bankers as well with the small amount of capital they have. Exactly. Full circle to yeah, microfinance. So Alex, um, <laughs> Can I ask a question that I think will be a good last question for the interview? Uh, do you guys have any? For sure. Okay. So, <laughs> JJ, I just wanted to make JJ's sure. dropping the hammer. I'm going to wrap it up. 
Well, I, I just think it'll be a good way to lead out because Alex, you're obviously a person who is very creative and very entrepreneurial. And I feel like, um, and this question isn't actually necessarily related to Lolly, but other stuff that you've done. I feel like there's a lot of people in crypto who are fascinated by crypto, but they're looking for, maybe the, maybe they are, they aren't looking for a way to, to get involved, but they probably should if they're not. And I wanted to ask you, one of the things that we did is we started a podcast. So I wanted to ask you what your kind of advice for somebody would be as far as like getting involved. Like what are some things that people can do? Because it sounds like you've thought of a lot of them. There's so much you can do. <laughs> I mean, this world like has near endless opportunities and we're all connected. We can, there's so much information online. You can, it's just, it, it's really like for a, for someone who is like naturally curious, um, it, and just wants to learn. I, I find it, I, I just don't, um, if you have access to the internet and you don't know, we're not like finding something that you can do or some sort of value you can, you can add. Um, I just, I just think it's lazy. Um, I, I love that you guys started this podcast. I love that you guys are active on Twitter. You're sharing your thoughts. You're joining sort of this like hive mind that is like sharing information and what you're learning and, and deciphering new projects. And, um, it's just so important. Um, I think, you know, everybody has something that they can like add to, um, whatever you're passionate about. It doesn't even have to be Bitcoin or crypto. It could be, um, running or it could be, uh, you know, working out. It's just like, there's a million things that can like add value. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think there's like so many good resources out there, like learn a craft, become an expert in something. Um, and, and then, yeah, share it with the world. So, um, my thing has been commerce and building technology. And, uh, I think, you know, part, partly, uh, economics and, and the combination of all of those things. Um, and that led me to build, uh, lolly. So I, um, I think it's been like a longer road than it's just, it seems like, I think people see this project and they're like, Oh, it's like, you know, cashback rewards application. It seems simple. It's like, you know, start launched 10 months ago, but I, part of why I started at age 12 with the story is I think it's like a summation of a lot of moments of being curious and learning, um, new things and finding what I wanted to build. And this is my favorite project I've ever worked on. Um, it's a thing that just makes sense to me. Um, I could be building this for 50 years and I think, um, most people would be very happy if they had a job or if they were doing something that they could do for 50 years. So, um, yeah, it didn't, it didn't come overnight, even if it seems like it. So, um, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you guys feel like that when you're, you know, when you have a new listener and you have like a, um, when somebody is engaging with like, you know, what you guys oh, yeah, are putting totally. out in the world. So, um, everybody can, um, it just feels good, right? Like you're, you're adding value. Yeah, of course. I guess that's the thing is just look for the places that you can add value. That's JJ's favorite word value. Mm -hmm. It is because <laughs> I'm always, I'm always looking, <laughs> I'm always looking. <laughs> so How can I add value to the world as a human being? Yeah. yeah, that's it. So Alex, do you want to, uh, um, tell us how people can find you? Yeah. So it's lolly.com, L O L L I.com. Um, I am Alex Edelman and that's my, uh, my Twitter handle as well. And then we're super active on Twitter. Try Lolly is the handle and yeah, we make it really easy. So, uh, to earn Bitcoin. So, um, share it with your friends, family, and I'm super accessible. My DMS are always open on both the company account, personal account. Um, if anyone has any questions or needs anything, I'm, I'm happy to jump in and, and answer it. So, 
Um, thank you guys so much for all the thoughtful questions and having me on and uh, look forward to staying in touch. Sweet. Well, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. All right. Take care, guys. Once again, we were not paid to host Alex or Lolly. We are entirely donation funded. So to support us, check out the description to this episode or visit our website, keyword-crypto.com. Hit us up on Twitter at Keyword Crypto. Drop us a line. Thanks a lot for tuning in to the Keyword Crypto Podcast.